0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark with Charles W. Chuck Bryant with Jerry Rowland. With me, Josh Clark, and this is Stuff You Should Know, featuring Josh
0: Clark. I was about to say, you never introduce yourself, and then you done did it twice. Three, three times. Uh, oh, yeah, you always introduce yourself. Yeah. But you never say your last name. I think that's what struck me. (laughs) No, I say I'm Josh Clark. Do you? Yeah, every time. I should listen to these sometime. Yeah. (laughs) That explains
1: the glazed over look in your eyes whenever we start. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Bridges.
0: Yeah. Is that your intro? Yep. (laughs) I like them. Maybe we can add like a scat drummer on top of that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We have that kind of when we're doing... uh, Listener mail. There's a little bit of... De- de-
0: oh, yeah. Well, that's not scat drumming. I would say that's more of a shuffle.
1: Mm. Scat's like... <laughs> yeah.
0: Like that? Yeah. You should get Hodgman to scat for you sometime. He's a good Oh, I'll bet he's good at, at it. scatting. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of boop, boop, ba going on I, he, yeah, when he's scatting.
1: Any jazz hands?
0: No. no. It's not exactly Manhattan transfer level.
1: Oh. He's intermediate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, again, bridges, ta
0: Yeah, you know, I bet we're going to hear from some folks, because there are bridge enthusiasts. Yeah. Which I think is kind of neat.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they're like modern marvels of engineering, and actually, there's some ancient marvels of engineering, too, as far as bridges go. just about to go. say that, dude. They are, um, yeah, they're, you basically, uh, I was talking to our pal, um, Adam, the architect. Oh, the bridge builder? No, yeah, <laughs> uh, he's a building builder or a building designer. Yeah, I don't know if he actually knows how to build the buildings. He just knows how to tell other people how to build. Them. I bet Adam can't swing a hammer. <laughs> so he was saying that um, uh, the um, basically the structural engineers who design bridges mm-hmm. are just straight up geniuses. Oh, I'm sure. Like it requires a, basically a genius to to factor in all of this stuff.
0: Yeah, anyone can design a building. <laughs> you know? It was just four walls and a bunch of floors. Right. Put a roof on it. Bridge, though, is different. Yes, right. There aren't walls, really. Um, there can be. Bridges of Madison County, they had walls. Oh, yeah, they have walls. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. I was going to mention the Bridges of Madison County.
0: Yeah, I love those. That'd be a beam bridge, I guess. Mm, yeah. With a uh, a truss. Right. A top truss. What's the top truss called?
1: A through truss? Yeah, through truss. And then below that, if it were below, it'd be a deck truss. But I don't know if that counts as a truss. It's more just like a house on top of the bridge.
0: I bet there's structural support there. I
1: guess. Maybe. I thought it was ma- mainly just to keep the rain off of you when you cross the bridge, like just an extra little thank you for crossing the bridge.
0: I thought it was just to draw in lackey tourists who mm. uh, wanted to have their picture made.
1: Another famous bridge, the one that the headless horseman couldn't cross in The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? Oh, Yeah. Wasn't that a bridge? Sure. Trolls Live Under Bridges? Bats. Draw Bridges are pretty cool. Have yeah. you ever seen Maximum Overdrive, the beginning of that movie?
0: Um, It's been many, many years. I, I saw, saw it, it in again. the 80s.
1: I saw it again very recently, like this year. And it is, really? It's maybe better than it was before.
0: It, it holds up as a crappy movie still? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. The whole soundtrack is ACDC, by the way, which you should love.
0: Uh, Whole soundtrack. I, I do love that, and I do remember that. And didn't Stephen King direct that? Yep. Which he doesn't do much, right? No. But nice. maybe his only one. It was definitely his
1: first. Interesting. But there's a great drawbridge, drawbridge scene in there.
0: Uh, did someone jump it? Jump the span? As it raised?
1: N- no, I think their car fell in or their truck fell in.
0: Oh, okay. Because usually the drawbridge scene is like, I can make it!
1: Uh, no, this one was, you're all doomed. Yeah. You're kind not of. Our bridge scene. <laughs> gotcha. And, uh, let me also recommend Budapest for bridges. You mean I went to oh. Budapest a couple of New years ago?
0: Yeah. I went there like 20 years ago. Okay. So yeah,
1: you know, yeah. the bridges are amazing. There's, I think like five.
0: Yeah. Cause that, they connect the two sides.
1: Uh, yeah. Buddha and Pest, mm-hmm. right? And th- each one is totally different. Like it just a completely different design. Yeah. And they're just all gorgeous.
0: Yeah, uh, let's just start with a bunch of bridge recommendations. I'm going to recommend <laughs> the city of Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, I uh, went Very to a baseball game there, and it's just gorgeous. Those beautiful bridges that you can see from the baseball stadium mm-hmm. and the river. That was when we were Lovely. shooting
1: a Toyota
0: commercial right.
1: thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I stayed in the hotel and just ate um sogged paneer. no chicken sog, right? Just like a,
0: a cord <laughs> of it. But you could see the baseball stadium out your hotel window. Yeah, and I saw some bridges too. Yeah, you walk across the bridge to get there. Right. Or at least we did.
1: What else? Any other bridges? Nah.
0: Oh, well, Brooklyn Bridge. Sure. Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And those
1: are like the famous ones. They're barely even worth mentioning.
0: Yeah, but the Brooklyn Bridge is, for your money, It's uh, which is free, it's a pretty great thing to do, to walk across it. It's, go- it's just beautiful.
1: I have never done that. Yeah, you should do it. Even the Geico
0: lizard did it, and I haven't. (laughs) That guy's like Australian or something. Well, maybe we should just animate you and have you walk across it.
1: Uh, One more thing. If you want to know more about the Brooklyn Bridge, I don't remember which one we talked about it in, but there is a really cool documentary about the Brooklyn Bridge and its building uh, by Ken Burns.
0: Oh, wow. I believe it's on Netflix. I'll have to check that out then. Yep, because I like Ken Burns and Brooklyn Bridges. Yep. All right. You ready?
1: Uh, yeah, man. So bridges have been around for a very long time. This article is by Robert Lamb and another dude named Michael Morrissey together. Yeah. I believe they were locked away in a closet for like a couple of months <laughs> while they worked this out together.
0: Well, he the one of the first ones talking about ancient bridges that they mention in here, the uh, uh, Arcadico Bridge in ancient greece mm-hmm. did you see that thing no it's really neat i mean it still stands it's a three thousand year old bridge and uh it's just kind of cool to think about you know ancient civilizations and ancient times people said well i want to get over there right and i'm here yeah and uh so let's build something to do that
1: i need something to walk on yeah or drive my car
0: over it's that simple
1: um I saw that I saw the world's oldest bridge that's still in use um, is in Turkey over the um, Milus River, I believe. Yeah,
0: from 850 BCE. Do you know what that one's? Uh, how it's constructed? It is a just single.
1: Rock. It is a single stone slab arch. I believe. Uh, okay. No, it is a stone slab single arch. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Very basic. Yeah, but the arch. It's super old, mm-hmm. but it's still in use today. Oh yeah. Because whoever figured it out came upon this very elegant solution to a lot of problems that a bridge poses. Because as you were saying, when, when you come upon like a river or a creek or something, you say, I'm on this side and I need to be on the other side. So I need something to walk across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's a basic solution. But the further and further you get, the more and more problems. Like yeah. as bridge builders say, most span. Mo problems.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess what we should have said is, I want to walk across and live. I want to walk all the (laughs) way across.
1: Uh, Right. I don't
0: want to fall down. No, I don't want to get halfway across and have it snap.
1: Right. So over the years, as people have come upon problems where you are going to build a bridge that will snap and and kill you, they've come up with solutions to prevent that from happening. That's pretty much the pursuit of bridge building. Yeah is coming up with ways to prevent a bridge from collapsing
0: yeah and a lot of trial and error over the years <laughs>
1: yeah you know and a lot of real significant disasters in fact there's a time magazine slideshow um, called worst bridge collapses in past 100 years <laughs> um, and it's got all these photos of collapsed bridges and little descriptions and the number yeah. of fatalities and everything but um it's it's really interesting all these different bridges have collapsed and failed for all these different reasons
0: well and after each one, uh, it's very sad, of course, but after each one, someone goes, Oh, well, we should do this for the next one. Right. We should not forget that bolt next time. Well, that's, that could be human error, true. That's happened. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh. All right. So should we start off with the BATS? <laughs> yeah. B-A-T-S. Beams, arches, trusses, and suspensions are the main components, uh, of the structural components of a bridge. It's very simple.
1: Boom. That's it. That's all you need to do
0: <laughs> to construct your own bridge. And with these four things, you can make almost any kind of bridge. Um, we're going to cover mainly beam uh, bridges, arch bridges, truss bridges, suspension bridges, mm-hmm. and then the super cool-looking cable-stayed bridge.
1: It is super cool. looking. Probably my favorite-looking bridge in the world that I came across in re- researching this is a uh, cable-stayed bridge, the one that's in the article.
0: Oh yeah, they, they look like uh they look like sails. It's gorgeous. The big triangles rising up, it's lovely. Yep. But it, they look a little more modern to me. They don't have that classic uh architecture like the Brooklyn Bridge does or like the Tower Bridge in London.
1: Yeah, I think that's why I like
0: it. Yeah, you like the modern look. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're a modern guy. I'm super mod. <laughs> All
0: right. Um they point out in the article, which is very key, what you talked about, the span of the bridge. Mhm is the distance between the supports, and that's where um, that's where it all goes down, basically. Yes. that has got to be strong there.
1: Those are something that every single bridge has, is a span and at least one support. Mm-hmm. Most likely two. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Um, and there's different – the reason that there are different types of bridges is because different bridge designs, the, the BATS designs – what is it? beams, arches, trusses, and suspension, mm-hmm. they provide stability for varying span lengths. Yeah. So like a beam, if you have like a 50-foot um, span, just put a, a like a, a, a very long log over, <laughs> over the span, and there you go. There's your bridge. Yeah. But as you get further and further along, you have more and more problems supporting that span, so you need different types of solutions and the different length of the span calls usually for a specific type of bridge design.
0: Yeah, and generally it, it'll, I mean, there's a lot of overlap, of course, but, um, beam bridges tend to be the shortest, followed by arch bridges and then suspension bridges. Right. And I think those, um, the, uh, cable stayed bridge is, is kind of a suspension bridge, so that counts. Right? Yeah, it's like a kind of a variation. Yeah, it's but those, that can it. be very long as well.
1: Yeah. Not quite as long as suspension bridges though. From what I understand in this um the suspension bridge affords the longest span. Okay. So you got a a big long span, it's it's suspension
0: time. Yeah, and they're also super expensive. Yeah, suspension bridges.
1: Because all the bridge builders know that you got a long span that you're trying to cross, you probably got some deep pockets and they're going to milk you for it. Oh yeah. Every penny. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like you need a suspension bridge, I'm your guy. Yep. Um all right, so let's talk about. There are a lot of different uh, forces that can act on a bridge to make it not as stable. Um, we'll cover a few of the the other ones later, but the main two here early on are tension and compression. Yeah. And the very easy way to think about these two things is tension is like if you if you and I are pulling a rope, mm-hmm. like you're on one end and I'm on the other, we're gonna pull that sucker tight, and uh, I'm gonna fall over due to your Massive uh, strength. I'm pretty huge. But um, there will be some tension in that rope. Yeah, tension is... And maybe is, between us. Is,
1: <laughs> is, uh, after you fall down <laughs> Yeah, and I would start laughing, Yeah, there would be tension. Sure. But tension is the lengthening of something. Yes. Compression is the shortening of something. Yeah, like
0: a spring collapse.
1: Right. So it's easy to visualize when you're talking like springs and ropes and that kind of thing. But if you're talking about just a single deck of a bridge, mm-hmm. which you think of as one piece... Um it's tough to it it starts to get tough to visualize it until you realize that you have to look at like a bridge deck like yeah. the roadway on the bridge yeah. as really having a top and a bottom.
0: Yes, and forces well the compression acts in the downward motion on the top and the tension acts from the underneath coming up
1: on the bottom, right? So right. the bottom of the bridge underneath it uh, of the deck is is going to be spread out under the force of tension, where on top where the, it's being pushed down, compressed—that's compression.
0: Yeah, and they kind of in a weird way work together, even though they're right. sort of opposite things. They're
1: definitely related.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, and what will happen is if these—if uh, if you aren't a very good bridge builder—buckling um, will occur when it's compressed uh, on the top, yeah, and snapping can occur on the bottom uh, when tension. Is it work. That's right. It all sounds very confusing, but if you just, all you got to do is like put your hand out and look at it. Right. You know? And so, or if you take,
1: a, And push uh, down
0: on your hand or <clears throat> up on your hand. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like that.
1: Yeah, like that. <laughs> um, the, the whole thing becomes very, very evident when you look at a beam bridge, right? Yeah. The most basic
0: form of a bridge. Like if you dropped a log over a river.
1: Right. And this, this thing, um, this article uses the example of like taking a pair of milk crates and yeah. putting like a, a two by four across them. Sure. Right? Let's do that. If you put like a bowling ball on a bowling ball stand so it doesn't roll around, yeah, that'd be awkward. On top <laughs> of the, um, on top of, or, or right in the middle of your uh, two by four, which makes up your beam bridge deck, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see that it bows, and what you're seeing is that on the top it's being compressed, on the bottom. It's being um, tensed, tensed. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and what you've just done is add a load to that bridge. And there's two kinds of loads to start out with. There's a dead load, which is the weight of the bridge and all of its materials combined. Yeah. And then there's a live load, which is, say, like the cars and the people and the trains and everything that, that add the extra weight while they're moving across it and everything. Yeah. And as you add this extra load, first of all, the bridge is already dealing with its dead load. Yeah. It's got to hold that up. That's job number one for a bridge.
0: Yeah, like if you had a 300-foot two-by-four and two milk crates, it's going to sag in the middle just naturally.
1: Right, and it might even break. And there have been bridges that have been built that where the guy forgot to carry the one or whatever, yeah. and they couldn't stand up under their own weight, and they wow. collapsed from their own weight. They collapsed from the dead load. So job number one of a bridge is to support its own weight. Job number 1.1 mm-hmm. is to um, support all of the live load, the traffic that goes across it as well.
0: That's right. Uh, and the two ways that you're going to do this to counteract tension and compression are dissipation and transference force. Yeah. Uh, or transferring the force. So with dissipation, you spread out uh, that force equally. You spread out over a wide area. And with transferring, um, you move the area of weakness to an area of strength.
1: Right, it's pretty simple. Yeah, they're kind of tough to distinguish sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean. But for example, like uh, the best example of dissipation is the arch, which we'll talk about how that works in a second. Yeah. Um, but suspension bridges are best at transferring the um, the tension and compression forces.
0: That's right. So if you're if you're talking about a beam bridge, that most basic kind, uh, the other thing they're going to do to make it stronger, of course, is use Back in the old days, they used wood, then later iron, Uh and then steel, maybe some concrete mixed in. Um, But the size of the beam is going to be really important, like the height of the beam is important, because the the top is going to experience stress, the bottom is going to experience stress, and the middle, not as much, so a good I-beam. Right, a good tall I-beam is what you want.
1: Yeah, and I didn't realize that that's why I-beams are made like I-beams I didn't until really just either. now. It makes perfect sense.
0: The center of like the deck
1: or the beam or whatever, uh-huh. any kind of beam is going to experience the least amount of compression or tension. It's really the top or the bottom. Yeah. So, you don't have to put quite as much material into the center of the beam as you do the top and the bottom to prevent buckling and snapping.
0: That's right. So, with the beam bridge, you're going to add what's called a truss uh, to make it stronger, this uh, we'll talk about trusses more, but it's basically a, a triangulated strength. And you'll see a truss if you've ever seen like a a train uh, uh, bridge, like you see a truss on top. Or
1: th- like in areas where they get a lot of snow, roof supports will frequently be trusses.
0: Yeah, and that's a through truss on top, we already said. And if it's underneath, then it is uh, the deck truss. Right. And you can have both, but usually like with the railroads, you'll see like that top truss. Uh not the same as a trestle, that's different. Right. It's like uh like a roller coaster. You know? Right. So after this break, why don't we talk more about uh truss bridges? Nice.
1: So, Chuck, no joke, trusses are one of my favorite things now. It's pretty neat. After doing some research into them, I'm like, I love trusses. You're a truss guy. Yeah. And uh-huh. it, it's because they're so elegant and simple. Mm-hmm. They're elegantly simple, basically. Yeah. So um, I saw this really great explanation where it was on Make Magazine, and I think it was called like uh, Ask Make, How Do Trusses Work? Pretty straightforward. Um and it basically had like a, a really great, a great graphic of taking, po- using popsicle sticks, right? Okay. Let's say you make a square out of popsicle sticks and you join the, the popsicle sticks together at the corners where the ends all meet. Yeah, a little Elmer's paste maybe. Makes sense. Uh huh. Seems pretty s- supportive, right? Yeah. But when you press down on e- any one of those joints, which is where the load's going to be uh, centered mm-hmm. or distributed most. Yeah. Remember the ends? It, the, the square shifts to the side, and all of a sudden you have a rhombus. Well, a rhombus is inherently less structurally sound than a square, which yeah. is why you very rarely see rhombuses in architecture. Right. Right? With a triangle, when you press down at any one of the joints, it distributes that compression or tension directly through the center of the beam. Yeah. Yeah. So the triangle stays totally rigid. And when you add, the more triangles you add, the more support you have. So they're like, basically like, as far as a shape goes, the superconductor of transferring or distributing compression or tension.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And that's why when you see that, that train, uh, trestle and that has that truss on top, it's mm-hmm. got all those beautiful diagonal, uh, pieces of metal. Right, and it's not just for for looks, even though it is cool looking
1: no, one of the other great things about a uh truss is that they're you know it's like just a three steel beams or three whatever aluminum beams they're just three pieces of metal, usually mm-hmm. fixed together, and that's that's the other key that I left out they they have to be connected at the ends, yeah, equally distributed from each end, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you you drill a hole to to rivet one side of the truss to another or one end of the truss to another end. The the other end has to be equally far away. Right. Do you see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. They wouldn't just be like, "Oh, I'll just drill that other one wherever."
1: So anyway, you have to the the place where the truss sides join together has to be on the ends. Yeah. And then, but one of the things that it allows for is for wind to blow through it easily. Oh, sure. That's a huge point about tresses. Yeah, they're not solid in that they they don't they don't pr- put up a lot of resistance to when they allow it to flow through, which is really kind of what you want. We'll see when you're building bridges.
0: Yeah, I think even the covered bridges have uh, it's more of a lattice type thing on the sides, right? Yes, it's, it's not solid, is it? That'd be dumb. A covered bridge. Yeah. Yeah, they're solid. I thought the walls were usually like a lattice so wind could pass through, no? Mm. And they had, a, they had a roof and like a latticey uh, side. Is that right? Yeah, maybe there's all kinds. Yeah. I think those are just to keep the rain off. Oh, yeah. That's what you said earlier. You keep shooting down the, uh, the theory <laughs> the of the structure. <laughs> thing. Yeah.
1: But anyway, trust is rock, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yes. There's your t shirt. <laughs> trust is rock. So, are we at arches?
1: Uh, did we say that they frequently use trusses to support beam bridges? Yeah. Okay.
0: Arches. Now, when we say a bridge is an arch bridge, the deck is not some uh, big hill that you drive over. The deck is flat. The arch is underneath. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And you can have a single arch if uh, your span isn't that long, or you can have... A big one with like six or eight arches.
1: Although I've seen, I think there are like short arch bridges that actually do go up and down. Oh sure, you know, like if I mean, there's natural usually. arch
0: bridges like rock formations that yeah. are like that, and that's why they're still standing.
1: There's um, there's there's a bridge that forms like a perfect circle. So like when when you see it reflected in the water, it just looks like a, a circle. Oh neat! isn't that neat? Yeah, arch bridges are pretty cool too. There are no trusses, but mm-hmm. they're beautiful in their own way. Yeah, that's true. Uh,
0: so the arch is obviously semicircular. Um, and like you said, if it meets the water and reflects nicely. Fully circular. Fully circular. Uh, and the entire uh, form is going to divert weight onto what are called abutments. And this is what takes on the pressure. It's like, uh, I mean, if it's just a single arch, those abutments are probably going to be part of the earth. Uh, right. On yeah. one side or the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the whole point of an abutment is when you press down on an arch or when, you know, gravity pushes down on it or it's compressed, that force goes downward and it makes the sides of the arch go out. Yeah. Those abutments press inward so that the force of compression just goes straight down through the arch circle, the semicircle, and into the earth or into the ground or whatever.
0: Yeah. And and it's uh, the arch, the... What I thought was interesting it's really all about fighting that compression there isn't a lot of tension right that comes into play with an arch bridge.
1: I think the tension is grows more and more possible when the um, degree of the arc or arch grows. Oh okay. Yeah. So that could come into play. It can but for the most part when you're building an arch you have to worry about compression more than
0: tension. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's a uh, stylistically and artistically design-wise There are all kinds of arches, uh, Baroque arches, Renaissance arches, uh, Roman arches. They were the Romans built, you know, arch bridges that are still standing today.
1: Yeah. Have Um, you ever ever been to Rome? Yeah. Man, it's just like you're walking along and all of a sudden you look to your left and there's like a 2,000-year-old aqueduct. Yeah. You know, 1,500-year-old arch just sitting there.
0: Yeah. I remember the first time I went to Europe coming back and being sort of like bummed out. Yeah. You know, because we're walking along and there's Burger King. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And this it's house just... is 200 years old. And we're right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she go to Rome. I know. My house is like 80 years old and it seems super old. Yeah. Nothing. Not um, by Roman standards. No. But, you know, a little drafty in those uh, thousand-year-old apartments.
1: Yeah. But it's so neat, though, because, I mean, like. There's so much old surviving stuff yeah. that not all of it's even meant to be preserved. Some of it's just like, just there. It's not yeah. like a part of a park or an historic exhibit. It's just part of the city.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I've heard uh, co- other tourists complaining about how dirty Rome is, and I'm always just like, come on, it's like
1: <laughs> you're focusing
0: on the wrong part. It's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that too. Yeah, and also, yeah, <laughs> don't be stupid and just look around you like they're complaining in front of a 2,000-year-old fountain.
1: I didn't notice it was particularly dirty. I mean, it wasn't any more dirty than, like, New York or anything. Yeah,
0: any other big city. I yeah. agree. But the uh, the thing with the arch, though, it's very stable once you get it built, but uh, the building process oh, yeah. is tricky because until you connect those two ends, um, that's what gives it its strength. So until that happens, it's a little dicey. Yeah, oh, yeah. Got to have some <laughs> scaffolding going A on. Of,
1: yeah, and, and they used to build wood scalf, scaffolds and supports yeah. to hold the thing, and then you just would build it in. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Now they use suspension cables. Like uh, I think the biggest arch bridge on the planet is West Virginia's New River Gorge Bridge. Man, that thing is unbelievable. It really is. And what's cool is when you look at it, um, it just... It uses the cliff walls or the walls of the gorge as the abutments. Mm
0: -hmm. Beautiful stuff. Super strong. And that's where uh, uh, we're going to talk about that in our base jumping
1: I know. That's the fact that ties these two podcasts together. That's where they have bridge day. Talk about elegantly simple.
0: So suspension bridges, for my money, are where it's at. I I think they deserve their
1: own um, episode. Oh, yeah? Pretty, I mean, pretty much. They're they're that complex. Like this is just the briefest overview of bridges in general, but it, especially with suspension bridges, it feels like there's just so much going on with those things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kim Burns did like an eight-hour-long documentary on the Brooklyn Bridge alone.
0: Yeah, that's true. He's a deep diver.
1: <laughs> he really is.
0: We're overview guys.
1: Yeah, <laughs> with a giant helmet to go over his giant haircut.
0: <laughs> he does have pretty big hair, doesn't he? <laughs> Um all right, so suspension bridges, we mentioned of course, uh, Golden Gate Bridge and the Brooklyn Bridge. This is when you have your deck, uh, your roadway is suspended by cables yep. uh between can be a number of them, but uh two at least two tall towers right. that are supporting all of this weight and uh compression is pushing down, uh traveling up through those cables and is transferring all that compression through all those lovely cables.
1: Right. So, I mean, another way to look at it is exactly what it sounds like. It's the bridge is suspended from cables, right? Yeah. But if you really start looking into what it's doing, it's not just holding these things up. What's What's going on is there's a transfer of that natural compression of the deck yeah. up through the lines, up through the cables, up down, up to the towers, which, like you said, send them down to the earth, right? Yeah. So the, the towers that hold the bridge up are at the same time distributing or dissipating the forces of compression that are trying to pull the bridge down into the water below it. Yes. And the tension you also have to deal with as well, and apparently you deal with that using another part of the structure of suspension bridges, which are called anchorages.
0: Yeah, now that's just what the tower is connected to at the base, right? No? No, uh So it's like... um. Oh, the, the anchorages is like the abutment, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On they're the like left and right.
1: They're like a suspension bridge's abutments. Whereas, okay. as you get f- closer to the middle of the bridges, that's where the towers are. Yeah. Yeah. But on the very ends, like say where the roadway hits the bridge, mm-hmm. you're going to have a massive piece of rock or massive piece of concrete, and those are the um, anchorages. And you have horizontal cables that distribute the compression from the bottom of the bridge to um, the anchorages and those those transfer those into the earth
0: yeah and you might also depending on the size of your suspension bridge have to have that below uh, deck truss as well to help stiffen the deck um, and you know if you have a 4,000 foot bridge uh-huh. you're going to have all, all kinds of uh, trusses and decks and cables and I think I finally figured out what it is about bridges that I love is Boy. that the the archi- the the structural design that it needs to be strong mm-hmm. also happens to be beautiful yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the way the cables are arranged it's not like they're like oh this looks great it's like well it has to be like this right. but it also happens to be very striking
1: like grace jones <laughs> you know what i mean yeah absolutely so um so suspension bridges are your favorite huh I like them because uh, yeah. they have so much going on. Yeah. I like trusses because they're so elegantly simple, mm-hmm. and they're just tough as nails.
0: There's a bridge for everyone, I think.
1: There really is. Um, the cable stayed bridge, uh, and we should say that suspension bridges, when you think of a suspension bridge, you probably probably think of the Golden Gate Bridge or something like that, right? Yeah. Just a classic suspension bridge. Two towers, two um, anchorages, lots of suspension cables. It's a suspension bridge. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, then they're probably pretty new. Wrong. Suspension bridges have been found in various forms for hundreds of years, at least. And apparently, the Inca were
0: um, masters at building rope suspension bridges out of woven grass. Crazy, man. Yeah. 1500s, they discovered the Spanish conquistadors stumbled upon these. Were like, what in the world is going on here? Right. Because the, the smart Europeans... Didn't figure this out for another like few hundred years after that.
1: That's right. Um, the the Inca still have one of these bridges intact. It's a, it spans ninety feet, um, and they remake it every year as part of a three day festival. So, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Which is why it's still intact, because <laughs> a grass woven grass rope bridge doesn't last all that long necessarily. Even no. though wh- when it's fresh and new, it's
0: strong. Yeah. as an expiration date. Is
1: right, what you're saying. But apparently, as we'll learn, all bridges have an expiration date. Ooh!
0: All right. Well, we'll take a break then, with that tease, and talk about uh, the cable-stayed bridge, and then um, how you might die on a bridge one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're on to your favorite, my friend. The super sleek, modern-looking cable-stayed bridge, which is actually, actually, mm-hmm. actually uh, has been around since uh, like World War II. Uh,
1: yeah, but the idea Which is came, still modern. The idea came from a dude named um, Faust Vranchik. Yeah, man. And he was a contemporary of Kepler and Brahe, um, and he basically came up with the first design for a cable-stayed bridge back in the 16th century.
0: So what, what's the nuts and bolts of this thing? So basically,
1: it is, a rather than two towers, mm-hmm. uh, like a suspension bridge uses, a cable-stayed bridge uses one tower. Well, not always. Um, there's plenty of
0: them that have more than one, but...
1: Okay, but for a particular span of bridge, yeah. there's one tower supporting okay, gotcha. that one span, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's basically, you, you can't use it for as long of a span as a suspension bridge. Right. But if you have a slightly shorter span and you don't want to spend quite as much money and you don't want as many wires up there and everything, you can go with the cable stay bridge. So you have one, usually one, um, tower mm-hmm. holding up all of the cables and the cables can either all connect to one point, which is called a, um, radial pattern. Yeah. Right? So it's like, all these different cables are connecting on the bridge deck at different points. Yeah. But they're all connecting at about a single point on the tower. Again, architecturally lovely. Very neat looking. Yeah. And then another way that you can do it is um in a parallel pattern. So they're connected at different points on the deck and they connect at different points on the um, tower. And that's the case with the Erasmus Bridge. Which I think is the most beautiful bridge in the world. It's yeah. in Holland. Oh, wow. Wow, oh, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, look at that thing. Look at that. Pow.
0: Oh, yeah. That's something else. Yeah. I wish you guys could see this. That, well, they can look it up. It doesn't look like uh, very Dutch, though. No, it looks very... um It's like the New Holland, I guess. Yeah, New Amsterdam. I'm just picturing like Holland. I think of, uh, you know... Wooden windmills. Oh, and like tulips <laughs> and stuff like that? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah this is
1: modern Holland for it sure. It looks
0: like something that would be in like Sydney, Australia. Yeah.
1: Well, they have a great bridge too. They do? Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe that's where I'm thinking. Um, living bridge, well, are, you, are you done with those? You well, no, I was
1: going to say another design for cable stay bridge looks a lot like a sailboat. Yeah. With um, the, the tower standing straight up and then on each side cables going down at a diagonal from it to make it look like a, a sailboat sail.
0: Right. And massed. And again, for structural integrity more than anything. Right. Um, Living bridges? Hmm? Sure. Uh, Well, I guess we should say cable-stayed bridges are... uh, They can't be as long as suspension bridges, but they can be pretty long. Yeah. Like up to close to 3,000 feet.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Like if you have a a shorter span and you don't want to use as many materials and hence spend as much money, a cable-stayed bridge is a great alternative.
0: Yeah. I wonder when cities... uh, I wonder what the considerations are. Um, like I, money, what you... I would guess money, first and foremost. Money, what you'd probably is best for the the land. and But I also bet uh, that uh, architecture comes into play like how it looks in the cityscape, don't you think?
1: Yeah. Like uh, usually a city will have some sort of, will accept several designs, mm-hmm. com- competing designs. And then probably, well, like in Atlanta's case with the 17th Street Bridge... Goes with the cheapest one, right. and then half of it falls down onto traffic later, like a couple of years later. Did that happen?
0: Yeah. Uh, when?
1: Um, like two two years ago. Really? Yeah, man, it was a big deal. Luckily, it that. happened at like four in the morning or five in the morning. But like, when you're walking on the bridge, mm-hmm. you know the side stuff. Yeah. One whole side fell over onto seventy-five oh, yeah. below onto the of... onto the connector right below it. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah. But it's an ugly bridge to begin with, really. Yeah. And, dude, if you're listening, the guy who designed it, I'm sorry, I don't mean to insult your work, but I, I, but do, I, do better. <laughs> it just the city could have done better, I think. Yeah. But right. I, I think what it came down to, I'm sure, was all of these are beautiful, but uh, we're just going to spend the money on this one,
0: right? You know, or whoever got the biggest kickback. <laughs> yeah. Or whoever that came from. Not, not to be cynical, living bridges.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that.
0: Um, if you go to Northern India to the, here we go, uh, the, uh Meghalaya region. I think that was good. All right. Close enough. Um, they have something pretty remarkable and they are called living bridges. And what they did was it's so rainy there that all of their natural bridges were having a hard time staying intact because of all the moisture.
1: Yeah. For monsoon
0: season. Yeah. And that's, you know, you can't have a, a natural bridge with that much water. So they said, why don't we take these tree roots and grow them out of the ground and span a river over the course of years and years and years right. and then basically plant it on the other side into the ground and this is now a natural tree root bridge.
1: Right. It's like giant living bonsai, like you're they were training roots yeah. to go a certain way. And they, they would take a um a tree, a felled tree, and split it in half. And use that as the guide. Yeah. Right? It's like the structure. So it's sure. like they were building an arch, but they weren't making an arch. Like sort of a temporary bridge. Exactly. And they let the roots grow along that. And like they, they would plan these things out or they do plan these things out over the course of like a decade. Yeah. And I, I get the impression it's. Um, the whole town's responsibility, or at least some people in the town's responsibility to make sure that if you see your route starting to go down in the wrong place, you just right. pluck it up and <laughs> put it back on that fell log that's guiding it across the, the way.
0: Yeah, it's pretty neat. Like It requires patience, obviously, but it also, um, I imagine just once a day someone walks down and is like, yep, looking good, Yeah, and then just walks away again.
1: Pets the bridge, says... Keep growing. I'll walk across (laughs) you in 10 years, buddy. And apparently, those things can last up to 50 years, or the the largest one that they have, uh, up to 100 feet, which is 30 meters for our friends in India. Crazy. Um, And it can bear the weight of 50 people.
0: And lasts up to 500 years, not 50. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said 50. I said 50 people. Oh. Well, it's crazy. Like, you got to Google these things.
1: Yeah, they're very pretty. Very pretty. It looks very um, dark crystal-y. Oh, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it, they're not unsettling at all. No. Like the dark crystal. Right. Which, by the way, if you're ever in Atlanta, sometimes people say, hey, I'm coming to Atlanta. Yeah. What should I do? Uh, go to the Center for Puppetry Arts. Agreed. And just look at their free exhibit, yeah. which includes a full-size Skeksy. It's terrifying.
0: Yeah, they have, all, we've talked about this before, they have uh, Emmett Otter. Long oh yeah, that's well. right. Yeah. For me, that was pretty, pretty magnificent.
1: Oh, it meant a lot for Emmett Otter to meet you too.
0: Um, they're doing actually. I saw it was just at the Museum of the Moving Image in Queens. Oh yeah, I so saw you post something about that. Yeah, they have a Mad Men exhibit right now, which is pretty neat. But oh, wow, um, it was
1: pretty cool.
0: They, I was not there in time for the Jim Henson one. They're they're putting that in place, I think, for later. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Well, that's good. You didn't miss it yet. Well, yeah. I'll I'll just go back. We
1: went to the uh, Yoko Ono exhibit at uh, MoMA. Uh Uh-huh. Awesome. She's something else. Dude, she's got a pretty cool mind. Yeah. She had had this one display, and it was titled Three Spoons, and it was just four spoons in a row.
0: It wasn't three? No. (laughs) (laughs) I love that stuff. Yeah. So I, I recommend that as well. I'm not a fan of her music, though.
1: I actually got turned on to her music in the listening room there. Plastic yeah. Ono Band? It's crazy. Man. It is
0: weird stuff, but I kind of like it. I mean, she's definitely one of the, the most like original thinkers, mm-hmm. you know, out there. And she's been at it for a while. Like a lot of the stuff
1: went back to the 60s, like the early 60s. Yeah. And talk
0: know? about weathering criticism and still just being like, screw you, yeah. I'm Yoko Ono, I don't yeah. care what you say.
1: Well, she was exonerated too recently. Remember Paul McCartney came oh, out yeah. and said like, it was not Yoko Ono that broke up the Beatles, no, so well, stop of course saying it that. It, it just were... took
0: him like 50 years to come out and say it. Yeah. You know, She's like, would it kill you? Right. <laughs> You've told me privately many times, but little press release. <laughs> just tweet it. <laughs> All right. So we talked about compression and uh, tension being the two main forces uh, there are quite a few other forces, dozens even, that can act on a bridge in a negative way. And the scariest one, for my money, is torsion. Um, if you've ever seen the video, it's a very famous video, mm-hmm. of the uh, bridge, what is it, the Tacoma? The, the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Tacoma Narrows Bridge, when it looks like a a, a wet noodle twisting in the wind. Yeah, it was 1940. It, it's nuts.
1: And they have like footage of this whole thing just undergoing this... Destruction
0: that kept just going on and on and on. And finally the bridge just comes down. Yeah. The craziest part is when you're watching it, you just think, Oh man, look at that thing. It's nuts. And thank God there's no one on it. And then you see like a dude walking on it and a car. Yeah. And a guy ran. There was a
1: dog. There was one car in there and there was a dog trapped in the car. And some, some guy ran and got the dog. Oh, he did? Yes. Pretty great heroic stuff. Sure. Then later on, I don't know if it was the same guy and another guy or just two completely new guys they're just walking along it and this is after a whole section has fallen into the river yeah. but the section they're walking on is still swaying but like, like this this get away neat. from the bridge <laughs> step back from the bridge man so that's torsion at work yeah and that's a big problem that um, designers of suspension bridges face because you have a deck that's being held from it's being held aloft by cables mm-hmm. right it's not like fixed to anything below it necessarily yeah, I mean, it's, it's being suspended. Sure. So just like
0: on like a rope bridge or something like that, it sways very easily, right? Yeah, those towers are strong, but it's not, you know, directly connected to those towers. Right. So
1: if you have a swaying bridge in between them, mm-hmm. right? It, and the thing is swaying back and forth, but if one side starts to sway over the other side, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you have an opposing circular force and that's torsion and that can basically rip the bridge in, in two, which is shear.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the other awful thing that can happen. It can just snap. Well, not snap, I guess, but just break into two parts.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, snapping is the result of compression. Yeah. So shearing would be what it's called technically. Yeah, exactly. Where two, the, the same span of bridge has the two opposing forces acting on it at once, um, in opposite directions and it goes whoosh, it makes that terrible sound.
0: Um, if you want to combat torsion, um, many ways to do this. You're, you're probably going to have a deck truss going on. Yeah. Uh, to help out. truss um,
1: saves the day.
0: Deck truss saves the day. You're going to have, uh, you're going to do uh, wind tunnel tests if it's a modern bridge mm-hmm. beforehand. Well, you're going to make a model. Yeah. And, and do tests and see, like, how does wind affect this bridge and what do we need to do? But the thing is,
1: with the, um, with the Tacoma Narrows Bridge in particular, they did tests. They had that thing rated at with standing winds of up to 120 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But the winds that day that brought it down were only 40 miles an hour. And for a long time, they were like, what happened? And somebody said, you know what it was? It was mechanical resonance.
0: It was, yeah, the, the, the deck truss was not sufficient for the span. That was part of it. And the way that the wind hit it right. and the angle caused the final thing like you just mentioned resonance which is um sort of it's a vibration basically that gets out of hand.
1: So resonance to me I think deserves its own podcast too. Yeah. It's awesome. Everything, every especially anything that we build from an airplane to a bridge to a watch ha- it, it it has a certain frequency mm-hmm. um where it will really pick up force, really absorb force. It'll run through it, right? So let's say that your bridge um, has a resonance uh, that's like at a frequency of 10. Yeah. That's probably a totally ridiculous number that I just said. But let's say it's 10, <laughs> right? And then let's say that wind comes at it at 40 miles an hour at just the right angle and it makes it sway mm-hmm. at a frequency of 9. Well that bridge is gonna be it's just gonna sit there and sway. Not a big problem. If that wind hits it at just the right angle at just the right speed, it's and it starts swaying at eleven, it's still not quite a problem. Yeah. But if it gets it just right and it starts at swaying at ten, all of a sudden those sways are gonna become more and more pronounced because all that energy is flowing through at its maximum potential, at, at, at its freest flow, because it's hitting the bridge at its natural resonance right yeah and that's what caused the tacoma narrows bridge to to come down because once that thing starts going there's no coming back from it oh yeah well you can see it happening
0: it gets worse and worse exactly and that's that's because it hit it
1: at just the right frequency
0: yeah they liken it in the article which i think is pretty uh down to earth of a snowball rolling downhill
1: Exactly, it just keeps getting worse and worse, and yeah. you you can't stop it. So, but isn't that bizarre that you, a bridge has a natural resonance, a natural frequency? I don't think so. I, like, I would assume it would vibrate. Yeah, it, it did not occur to me at all. And I was talking to Adam about this too, and I was like, so I saw that. Building designers, bridge designers, they will fine-tune mm-hmm. like a structure so that it resonates at a frequency that it, it's probably never going to encounter from an earthquake or from winds or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, how do you do that? And apparently it comes down to the building materials you use, the shapes you use to yeah. form the structure, the, the way you join those shapes together. And you can basically say, I'm giving this building a frequency of... 1.5. Right. Whereas I know all of the wind in the area and the ground movement from a an earthquake is going to make it vibrate at a frequency of seven, so it'll be fine.
0: Yeah, and uh, one way, like you said, they can do that is by not having like one like shortening the sections right. of the deck, let's say. Yeah. And uh, that way, the vibration when you have these overlapping plates and smaller sections. Uh, it's going to create enough friction to disrupt that frequency.
1: Right. It'll change the frequency that the bridge yeah. is moving at. But, I mean, and not just bridges, too. You have to take this in, take into account, like, airplanes, right? Sure. You, you can't use engines on airplanes that create vibrations at a frequency that's at the nat- natural resonance of the airplane body. Yeah. Or else the airplane body is going to come apart just from turning the engines on.
0: Yeah. Could you imagine seeing the airplane wing starting to flap? Like harder and harder.
1: Right. But apparently the, the, the more common thing when you have a disaster, a catastrophe from a resonance, a mechanical resonance problem, um, it's like one bolt is like, I can't take it anymore yeah. and stops. And then that leads to a cascade of failures that ultimately has the bridge coming down. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's fascinating. I had no idea that you had to worry about frequencies and vibrations i mean well, maybe I get, that's like, why
0: all the bridges you've built have collapsed they collapse pretty easy <laughs> well if you've ever heard the old uh
1: they go down like a french boxer <laughs> i don't even know what that means i don't either um but it was a glass joe reference remember him from mike uh-huh. tyson's punch out oh no the was that one guy of the guys you he says he he was french glass joe oh gotcha said a glass jaw And he went
0: down just like a sack of potatoes, so easy. Man. Well, which was it, a sack of potatoes or a French boxer? (laughs) (laughs) He he was both. He went down like a sack of French potatoes.
1: Yes. French fries. Right. My bridges go down like a French boxer, but Glass (laughs) Joe, the French boxer, went down like a sack of potatoes. Gotcha. Ergo, my bridges go down like a
0: sack of (laughs) potatoes. Um, If you've ever heard the old wives' tale that like an army marching across a bridge in step can cause enough vibration to take down that bridge. Yeah, it's true, that could happen. Yep. So, if in they if wartime, they do
1: it at the right frequency, right?
0: Yeah. In wartime, that's they will break step. In other words, their rhythm isn't all the same to avoid that uh, scenario.
1: And there was a bridge disaster I saw in that Time magazine slideshow where that happened. Um, there were there were a pair of skywalk bridges inside the Hyatt Regency Kansas City hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, in the lobby, they were just like, you know, raised bridges sure. going through the lobby and they collapsed in 1981 and killed like a bunch of people because like, like of 30 something people, people marching, dancing. Oh, they were dancing on the, on the skywalk. And you think like up to today or yesterday when I started researching this, right? Like I just thought that's weight or pressure or something. Like if everybody's dancing, it didn't, it never occurred to me that the rhythm had something to do. Oh, really? See, yeah. I'd
0: always heard that.
1: Well, you are far more advanced than I am in <laughs> structural
0: engineering, my friend. Not that. It's just I always heard that, like, you know, even a bunch of kittens walking across could cause that. And the, the reason they said kittens, of course, is so it has nothing to do with weight.
1: Right. Because kittens don't weigh nothing.
0: And consequently, I think Lionel Richie had to change the name of that song because of the accident. I think originally it was... Hello? Oh, What a Feeling When You're Dancing on the Skywalk. <laughs> and he had to change it to ceiling, and everyone was like, that's weird. You yeah. can't dance on a ceiling, but yeah. it rhymes.
1: He's like, yeah, but nobody ever died from dancing <laughs> on the on the ceiling.
0: Uh, I guess the final thing we should mention is that weather, um, obviously, will play a big impact. We already talked about wind, but um, mm. over the years, the the materials they use and the design has uh, gone in to take account things like wind and... Uh, what, sun damage? I don't know what I else. I think
1: uh, the freeze-thaw cycle is huge. Yeah, like if, salt. Sure. Salt exposure if it's going over like a salty body of water. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's a, a lot of things that are Ice. trying to bring a bridge down. Nature abhors a bridge, basically, as much as a vacuum. Um, I've got one. What you got? There's probably around 630,000 bridges in the U.S. alone. Because there were 617,935 in the 2002 census. And they add them, they were adding them at about 1,000 a year, maybe 900 a year. Wow. That's just the U.S. The world's longest bridge, completed in 2010, the Danyang Kunshan Bridge. I think I've seen pictures of that. It serves as a railway bridge for the Beijing and Shanghai Railway. It's a 102 mile long bridge. That's nutty. Over water.
0: I'm a big fan of, the, of cities with uh, multiple water bridges. Sure. Well, that's why you liked Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Portland, uh, Budapest. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Atlanta doesn't, you know, we have bridges, but it's not like uh, you have to go to the, the Chattahoochee River or yeah, the who, lakes.
1: Nobody goes to the Chattahoochee, you know? <laughs> what? Sure. Sure. Um, I got one more thing. I want to shout out to PBS's Build It Big website. Yeah. Which is like beyond nineties as far as websites go, but it was extremely helpful in understanding the forces that work on bridges, different types of
0: bridges, different specific bridges. Yeah. Great website. And thanks to Adam, I guess you got some information from him. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Was he into talking to you about it or was he on the other end going, Oh my God, Josh, shut up. I'm watching Tim and Eric. He was, uh, <laughs> he was into talking about
1: it. I figured he would be. Yeah. Uh, and I, I actually have to shout out to Yumi too, because I told her we were building bridge or, well, we were talking about bridges. She sent me a bunch of stuff on popsicle bridges. Oh. Um, apparently there's a, a Indiegogo mm-hmm. for the world's strongest or Canada's strongest popsicle bridge.
0: Wow. Yeah. They're trying to build that? Yes. For, and they have
1: like six, six grand already. Man. For, out of popsicle sticks. <laughs> Good for them. So that's everybody getting shouted out to all over the place in this one, huh? Yeah. That's nice stuff. Bam. If you want to know more about bridges, you can type that word into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail. Uh,
0: I'm going to call this. i get a couple of street gang responses we'll read over the next couple of shows. Okay. Um, here's one. I had to write in about your street gangs episode as it was interesting and pertains to my job. Short version is that I work for a hospital-based program, and we see every gunshot wound victim and stab wound victim who comes through, mm. uh, which is about four to 500 a year, um, and about 10% of those are gang involved. Uh, you guys have mentioned how you found the number of gangs to be hard to believe, but I think you may be thinking of the street gangs as one entity that has strict borders and lots of people. Uh, in my experience, larger gangs will sometimes incorporate smaller gangs, and sometimes larger gangs will split off into many, many smaller groups. Uh, people go in and out of gangs and are sometimes affiliated with more than one. Currently we have about at least 70 in our city alone uh, and a substantial amount of those have less than 20 members. So're like mini gangs. Gotcha. Not uh, super gangs, not super gangs. According to this paper on street gangs in Boston, 18 percent of the gangs in the city have less than 10 members and 34 percent have 10 to 19 members. So uh, while the numbers you uh, gave seem shockingly high, they also seem to be in step with the current climate. And that is from Ariana. In what city, did she say? You know, I don't see that. I don't think she said. <laughs> I don't know if it was Boston or if she just referenced Boston.
1: Well, thanks a lot, Ariana. We appreciate that uh, email. And yeah, keep them coming. We want to know more about gangs. I just had the impression the whole time that like, one way or another, we were officially or unofficially misinformed. We may be. Uh, and also, let us know, who's the coolest famous person you've ever met? Uh, You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash StuffYouShouldKnow. You You can put it in an email to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.